Welcome to the first episode of Infinite Becoming's podcast with the CEDA Collective. My name is Sylvia Koisinen and I will be leading the conversation today. Lucida is an artist collective of 2020 media graduates from NCED that was born during the second lockdown back in October 2020. We created the collective as a space to share and nurture our creative practices. This podcast accompanies our exhibition, Infinite Becomings, currently running at the NCD Gallery from April 13th to May 11th. Joining us today are Katie White, Eileen Mantle, Lydia Hickey, Jane Tonra, Michaela Nash. Today we will be discussing the concept behind Infinite Becomings and how Lucida Collective came about. I wonder when did the phrase Infinite Becomings first come up? I remember that it was sort of part of a shared document that we had where everybody was throwing their ideas together, compiling words, phrases, trying to think of a title. I think the document was called title document or something like that yeah I remember I think Michaela you read out a few quotes um from I think a writing workshop that you've been doing um I remember I think it was from anywhere or not at all philosophy or of contemporary art by Peter Osborne yeah um so I think it might help just to to read out what I um we kind of summarized or like borrowed from the text so what I summarized was um hold on okay uh so the priority of the artwork becomes the process over the finished forms of objects each idea or draft becomes a fragment an initial finite form that is an origin point to an infinite growth of multiplicities By valuing the artwork as a process over an object, these incomplete fragments manifest into an artistic process of infinite becomings. So basically he's he's kind of talking about how artworks or the essence of an artwork is its state of being in flux. I think he was specifically talking about conceptual art and the sort of various forms that it'll take, but we're looking at it from from, um, how our works are in process um, and in a state of flux and constantly changing. I remember that way, way back at the beginning, we were talking about similar themes. Um, Like I think that Peter, what Peter Osborne was writing about and what he was saying in his text, when I came across it anyway, it just, you know, gave us like a conceptual framework for what we'd already been talking about from right at the beginning. Like, I can remember a conversation between me, uh, you, Sylvia, and Katie, where we were talking about, like, embracing the incompleteness of our work and embracing the fluidity of what we were doing, especially with COVID. Um, And I think that when we came across Peter Osborne's text, it just was another layer to what we had already been building on. The quote came up during the writing workshop with CCA Derry and Maeve McNutt, but I think that that particular quote, like, I think it only just labels what we were, we'd been doing for, like, two or three months beforehand. Like, from when Lucida started anyway, we'd been talking about process, we'd been talking about, you know, 
artworks being a state of flux, we've been trying to resist this idea of a finished art object. So we'd been like organically working towards this direction anyway. And then that quote came up, or that, that passage came up during the workshop and it just clicked, it just like fit and like labeled what we had already been doing. I think it gave us that support, but I think that we'd been already working in that direction for quite a while. It was definitely a situation where it wasn't that we were focusing on where that phrase had come from or um, who had come up with it as much as we already had our context, already had our discussion, and then we found we just found a label. Um, yeah. And it didn't have to be something that necessarily was stuck in a definition because that's also part of the concept um, and it's part of the def definition of that phrase is that you you wouldn't be uh, drawing strictly from from a certain source like whatever this source of, of that original uh, label was it was just something that kind of uh, came to us and just became became a part of uh, this other list of words and it was mm. al almost like that was that was plucked out from many many words because we have a lot of very text heavy portions to this um exhibition and this piece of work and um those those two words didn't necessarily come from somewhere they were just part of it <laughs> yeah they were just there yeah. it was just part of the organic process i think it was yeah, something completely. that was defining itself. The context was defining itself. Um, it wasn't something that we had all read and we were like, wow, that person's really defining what we're looking at. Mm -hmm. um, it was thrown in there and then there was so much other substance there as well. And all of a sudden, um, you know, those words just, they just became what they needed to be, which is re representing all of the other words that were around them. And yeah. I keep visualizing the way we had just thrown them out, the way we work anyway, which is yeah. to throw everything together and then start pulling out stuff that other people have found, mm -hmm. as in yeah. the other members of the collective would have found something. And we would have actually given it our own definition because sometimes we're also interpreting each other's like uh, inputs <laughs> in different yeah. ways than from where the person had actually given it. It's almost like we're sharing thoughts and then we're rethinking them and reinterpreting them. So, I mean, and that that like in itself is like infinite becomings because mm. it's like every we all put everything into one place and then each of us takes something new from whatever was put in in the first place. So what what you might have put in as like a quote with the words infinite becomings in it somebody else just took infinite becomings from the quote and then put that somewhere else and it became something new so like yeah. I think that's that really like speaks to like you explaining it kind of explained the whole thing the means, right? <laughs> yeah it yeah actually defined itself the way it came about and I think that's one of the best things about uh, the collective is that we are using each other as sources for inspiration so we actually don't care where the quote came from because we actually are more attracted to another member of the collective having collected that quote somewhere and us then tapping into it and and coming up with how we interpret it from each other um, mm -hmm. 
and then, and then what are... that becomes yeah mm-hmm. what that becomes then after it, it it like goes through somebody else and then it comes out the other side and then it's like still existing in the whole collective but it's like one person's thought became somebody else's thought and then it became like something that we all talk about together and then it's something else again at the end when we like make it into something so I know that sounds very vague I'm saying lots of like something 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 but like it does make sense because it has like a layer of like each person that it goes through and then it's like something entirely different that it started off with and then each of those layers it was its own thing as well so it became it sorry it just it became reinvented between us um it's definitely a generative process i think and like very much community like resource pooling or collective like resource pooling and then like generative things coming from that um i think the the phrase infinite becomings like really spoke to us as a phrase and as a form of representing everything that we're kind of working with um especially as like you mentioned as a collective we're always kind of feeding into each other's work and kind of reinterpreting each other's work and giving each other different insights and yeah so I think as a process that like infinite becomings reflects that process and I was also thinking about kind of bringing it more back to the art object and what does it mean for an art work to be in a in, in a kind of infinite state of becoming um yeah so I was thinking of that in terms of like as a physical thing so I guess like depending on the object objects are in a constant state of decay in some way even if it's not necessarily visible um but then also physically when you see an artwork in a certain context or like in a specific gallery and then you see it in another space it's a kind of a completely different experience because the context that it's within is different and um like even if the lighting even if it's actually the same space but the lighting changes throughout the day i think that affects the way you interact with or perceive the artwork as well yeah yeah. i think the word they use for it is um the encounter (laughs) the encounter with the work every time and um and the interpretation as well um Yeah. yeah And I think, like, I think the interesting thing about this exhibition as well is, uh, like, our plan to continue it on and to have it uh, exist in many different forms, but to make sure that as our thought processes continue, that's reflected in the exhibition. I think that people um, have, like, a certain amount of attraction to the thought of each of those small like moments and and um, thoughts being recorded and valued um i think people are attracted to that because i think there's a certain amount of fear of time passing and fear of like that kind of degradation um that kind of um loss decay that time brings with it that it can kind of give you a sense of excitement when you see something um, where full timeline of the work 
is continuously being recorded and being preserved. preserved and archived in different ways. And I think it would, I, it really speaks to people to think like that you'd have an exhibition that might start with this show. And then in a few years, there may be an exhibition that has developed, but there's a thought from the beginning that has been preserved because it's remained re relevant to all of us throughout the entire time. Um, and that the encounter would have those similarities to the encounter with the first exhibition, but at the same time that uh, the encounter, of course, would be completely different and therefore it's infinitely becoming completely or infinitely becoming and becoming and becoming to the point where it's been so many different things. And at the same time, it's still rooted in the same place. It's just mm -hmm. a timeline of the same core element. Yeah. I think what's nice about the exhibition is it does give us that kind of, it creates a space for us to make those timelines and it makes a space for us to show that development and show the artwork as a living thing instead of a static object. Because like you were saying, Sylvia, every time you encounter a work, it's going to be interpreted differently. So subtly, it's going to be slightly different each time. I think this exhibition just shows that development and the artwork as a living thing as something more like tangible. Um, because at the end, if you have a supposedly like finished work anyway, it's going to be an accumulation of all these different like wells of culture that you've drawn from, or all these different influences that you've drawn from, or all the different notes and the drafts and the mock-ups um, that has been consolidated in this one tiny little object. But at least with what we're making and what we're showing is the breathing process behind that, and how that continues to breathe after the exit, like each time we put on another version of the show. So each time we have a show, it's the continuation of that timeline and it's a continuation of this living process of becoming where the projects that we show and the works within the space that we are making into this like incubation space basically are continually becoming and continually changing and always like fluctuating. So for, for me, I think that seeing an artwork as a living thing and showing it in that sense like state of process i think is something very precious yeah like you mentioned there's the in my head anyway there's the art object and then there's the viewer or the artist and there's always a kind of a continuous interaction between the two and that interaction is never the same from person to person or even with as the same person um depending on your mood or how your day has been and like you mentioned as well, like how we have grown up and how we've experienced life as a full really informs how we perceive things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. It's, it's interesting because, you know, the artwork always has a timeline from the beginning stages to the end and all of the parts in between. And then there's the person coming to encounter the work and there's the timeline of them, whether it's that day, what brought them there or whether it's their entire life and how they ended up in the same situation but there's that then there's that crossover between the two timelines there's that intersection where they actually meet and it's really interesting to give someone the sort of personal background timeline to the artwork because um 
there's always the context to why the person is there. There's always the context to why the artwork is there. And it's really nice for us to see that intersection, um, mm -hmm. that, that meeting, that crossing of those two timelines. Yeah. I think also I kind of wanted to talk about like the exhibition just in terms of the pandemic and like there's a lot of pressure for artists to make work in this time because it's seen as like I guess a creative time or like a time you know you might be at home you might have like a space to make work but it's not actually a time that's conductive to making work like it's still a pandemic and just because you're an artist and you have like space or materials doesn't mean it's like yeah a great time it's not very conductive to producing new stuff uh, i saw a quote about that saying that um a pandemic is not an artist residency yeah like we're all yes. just trying to like live and trying to like survive and stay mm -hmm. healthy and like just because you're idle doesn't mean you need to like make use of every single second that you have to do something else. Um, I think there's like a huge pressure, definitely. Yeah. Like what you're talking about online. Um, you just see so many. I think it's just like online. Everyone shows the world what they want to show. And some people are like, look how much, look what I'm doing with all of this time. But like for others maybe doing anything is like way too much when there's a lot yeah. going on in their head a lot going in their life like and some people still have to continue to actually work jobs in a pandemic as well so it's not like yeah this like holiday that it's being made out to be sometimes and it yeah and I guess in saying that it kind of relates back to the infinite becomings mm -hmm. idea because there is no ending to these things we're making we're beginning a lot of things but like because there's no exhibition spaces really like we're very lucky to have this exhibition going ahead but like for a lot of people there's no like end to it like there's not really a chance for their work like to be activated um because I was in the Temple Bar Spring School and Michael Hill the curator there was talking about um how an artwork is activated by sharing it like it's an energy exchange and it's also like as well for us like graduating in 2020 like a lot of our work we didn't have a degree show so there was no end to it it just it definitely does feel like infinite becomings and a lot of like beginnings of things but not really a there's not really an end point it's a lot of generative it's a lot of building and building and building upon things yeah and I think that's kind of reflective of life in itself Mm -hmm. um, I think that's something we kind of discussed a lot um, throughout our kind of Zoom conversations that um, whether as artists or as individuals, we're always, we're in a constant state of adaptation and I guess of infinite becoming as well. And I think, yeah, I think that was a big thing for us graduating in 2020 and kind of trying to find our own feet once um, leaving college, but then also in this really kind of strange and kind of uh, bizarre time where we're in lockdowns and um, yeah, trying to come to grasps, grasps with what it means to continue practicing as an artist and I don't know, making our way through the world somehow. Yeah, that kind of like 
you're you're like one you're waiting you're always waiting for like what's next um and after college like in in final year when you get to like your second semester what's next is the degree show and then when that kind of is taken out of the equation you're like oh well then I'm just doing what I was doing and just bringing it up to the end point and submitting it I'm not like doing the next thing I'm just kind of like filling it up and handing it in or whatever and then um for like our artwork that was like really like pointed towards an installation and like a show and um, we had to like adapt the work to a different space just to live online so like it all changed and like how it was going to be viewed changed and how we thought like our relationship to the work changed because uh, a lot of a lot of stuff is like physical in the degree show and it's like really about like well for installation work it's really about like your physical encounter with the work and what it will be physically and when it's taken away and it's just digitally experienced then it's very strange when you're thinking about it in a very physical way um and like that kind of so then moving on like after the degree show you're all like naturally as a graduate you're like wondering what's next and you're looking about what's next and what you're going to do then applying for things and when then all, all the application processes are like changed and different because of the situation again it's just a lot of like change in a row so the idea of what's next is completely different to what you're used to it being and then also the idea of what's next in like the greater sense is like not there because we can't plan for what's next when there is no like vision of when this is going to change yeah or end or yeah to, to an extent I think that that attitude that you have towards your own work of everything having changed that you had planned for the work and mm -hmm. where you had seen it going, when that is changed and when you get to a point where none of those things are going to happen and you don't actually see anything happening for your work, it, it ends the work for you. It, your attitude towards the work of feeling like it's not going anywhere, that's the, that can be the funeral of your work. That can be the conclusion mm -hmm. to that piece. Um, you know, I think some of the stuff that we were working on before this collective... Um, for some of us, it doesn't really exist anymore. We ha kind of had a conversation before about like the the funeral of our <laughs> degree show, mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> um, we had to adapt. And to a certain extent, yes, you can adapt. We did a good job of adapting our final work for how we ended up having to use it and share it. But our plans for it were gone so it killed it and then we started this collective and this work is alive because we knew from the beginning what plans we had for it and maybe that's a bad attitude on maybe my part that I would uh, turn against my work like that because the plans wouldn't go as they were supposed to um, but sometimes you cannot just adapt what you've been doing yeah sometimes it's supposed to be the thing that it's supposed to be and when it can't be that anymore it becomes something else and if you and if it's not going where you where it was planned to go it's not the same anymore so maybe it's not like dead or like whatever but it's not what it was yeah and i think that's but i think that's how we came to infinite becomings 
Like, I think that that's how... Because some of our work have... It's not the same as what we were going to make for our degree show, but it does have starting points. They're like little seeds of growth that maybe didn't manifest during the degree show, but I genuinely don't think we would have the exhibition we have now and the process that we have now, or the collective even, if we had not gone through COVID and had our degree show cancelled. You know, I, yeah. I think this is our own adaptability to these circumstances and, you know, embracing that state of flux and that state of becoming that came out of those circumstances. Yeah, it's almost like on one hand you could see it as a, a new birth of uh, something when we did adapt, but at the same time we are all drawing from a former becoming <laughs> and uh, it's re-becoming now. But it's it's just the situation um, uh, influencing what it is and um, hopefully that work can infinitely become again in the future. But um, for now, we're taking the things that that we that we had and that we still had sort of energy with and still had drive to see it exist and, and become something, and we're just allowing it uh, as a group to, to sort of grow like that. I was just gonna say, and it's it's not really it's kind of changed to how we would even think about doing an exhibition in terms of like a lot of it isn't finished work it's like work in progress or work that kind of like represents like a more process-based um ideas yeah I and I think not having the graduate show in a way has maybe slightly changed our perspective on what an artwork is or um because we didn't get to, I guess, experience that thing that we were working on um, our graduate show for like pretty much the year and that we didn't get to physically kind of make it manifest itself and to present it, that we've had to kind of shift our idea of what an artwork is. And I think maybe we value more the process that goes behind the work. Um, and I think that's kind of what we wanted to highlight, I think, with this exhibition. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I think um, another thing that Eileen said where it's like the circumstance or the situation is influencing like what the work exists as. Um, like that's always the case. But like especially now, like when we have to adapt and everything to like the situation is no longer like oh the lighting in the room or like you know what I yeah. mean the situation is you can't be in the room <laughs> you have to exactly. see it from outside the room so I just think that's like an interesting like the idea of like the encounter is like completely like heightened now because the encounter is something that we've never had to like think about before like the encounter now versus the encounter before the encounter before is like you're taking you're taking for granted that somebody's going to stand in front of your work yeah and we've, whatever we've had to kind of have it in mind that the exhibition that we're putting together for the most part isn't going to be physically experienced in the gallery so we've kind of thought about having these digital kind of conversations through podcasts and having the website and adding a kind of um interactive element through the augmented reality filters and so we've had to kind of think way beyond the kind of gallery space and completely outside of how we would normally think. Um, yeah, and like what the artwork would have become because of each encounter before 
like now it's becoming again because it's you're like it's just it's the layer of like what the encounter was before and yeah whenever somebody new walks into the space or the light changes the work becomes something new every single time every time it's it's experienced it's something else um and every time it's moved to a different space or like thought about differently it becomes something else but now it's one thing in the physical space it's one thing in the digital space it's one thing when it's encountered physically and then it's one thing when it's encountered digitally and then with all of the interventions that we've made to make it more accessible outside of the gallery that means that each element is like changing every time like but like times 10 so like I just think the idea of like the encounter like it's really it's really interesting now especially now because it's like the encounter is like something we haven't done before in these in this context we barely encounter each other <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> I feel like the yeah definitely I think that all these different encounters also kind of ex- like makes the artwork instead of like one thing it like becomes these like different layers these like different multiples that are extending out through the physical space through the zine through our online documentation through the AR it's like it's all these separate different components that make up because like the infinite becoming the installation and the the idea and the work itself is kind of like one giant artwork but it just has all these different multiple forms that are being encountered in different ways and in different layers that I also think is just very reflective of of COVID um, of the circumstances that we are living through but I also just like that it completely resists this idea of um, like the finish art object that goes through all these different avenues where you're exhibiting or the like art fairs or things like that which COVID has kind of like crushed out um, so I, I like that our it's like this one massive, beautiful, hybrid, messy artwork that resists all these different forms and is its own, you know, own self and own state of becoming, I think. And it just sort of has its value in its existence um, and in, in, in having become, <laughs> in yeah. its becoming. Yeah. Um, like, I kind of think back to, um, I mean, the... the exhibition itself we've always thought of certain level of it being um, related to being a mind map itself so all of these different layers and avenues that we've gone down I kind of see them as as little branches reaching out that people may only encounter one two three elements of it when there might be other ones but it really does have this shape of kind of reaching out through the window of the gallery or through the internet or through the pages of the zine. Um, and then also just that it kind of, it just has that, that sense of what our discussions have been so far, um, which discussion is, is where our value is as a collective during COVID because we don't have the option of our value being in us all working together on some physical object in front of us or on a project and that's not a negative thing because um, we've taken that and and tried to give as much value as, as possible to that 
Um, and this exhibition kind of allowed us to then, you know, allow it to be physical, which of course we hugely value as well. Um, but we knew that that value was there through our discussions and then we were actually able to allow it to become for other people. Um, and even just those sort of moments where we'd be having a discussion and someone would say something and later on we'd have another discussion where somebody said, I think you said this. And it might not be absolutely perfect. It might be a slightly different interpretation. They might change one or two words. And all of a sudden it's, it's a completely new thing. It's almost like a shared thought and a, an interpretation that maybe you didn't even hear them say that but in somehow in your mind through discussion this thought just was generated so i think we really started generating things between each other and it also came subconsciously to a certain extent where you'd have a conversation with each other and then at the end in your mind you'd go this is what we talked about and this is what i i remember and what i feel since that conversation and then we'd type it up somewhere and you'd always see just like words coming together and we just trigger thoughts in each other. And um, I think even with, with the written parts of the uh, poetry and stuff like that, it was always that your work would be shared and then it would have value added to it by how much you shared of it, but also by how much you received back from someone from your collective. And I mean, not to limit that to just, we're in a collective and we want each other's opinions. Of course, then there's the encounter with the viewers and the audience and, and we really, really want people to have their own interpretations. But just as a group, we were able to create a dynamic where each other's interpretations of each other's work we completely trusted and, and valued and, and just funneled straight into this exhibition where like we all individually had a poem written by you, Michaela, and it was a situation where we were able to see how wonderfully someone would understand your work and then add their own whims and how that would be a hugely, hugely valuable thing to have next to your artwork. Not just what you would say, but to have a discussion of your artwork yeah. in your artwork or a discussion of your exhibition within your exhibition. Mm. I think it's a very collaborative process. Like the, even like writing those things, it's just another layer and they also stem from all our conversations that we have. So the exhibition is a very, it's proving, it's the idea, yeah, it's a collaborative space and it's a collaborative process. Yeah, I'd say it's like very much in line with like, it's kind of an exhibition about the beginning of a collective as well, because we're, I don't, I'm, yeah, like, I'm not sure if many collectives, like, write, you know, only a few months after starting, like, get the opportunity to have, like, an exhibition, like, and it's, yeah, it's kind of crazy how it's, like, in line with that, and hopefully sometime in the future, if there was, like, another extension of it, it kind of, yeah, parallels with, like, the growth of like us as a collective and like exhibition as well so I think really what it is is the beginning of um, a collective way of thinking uh, collectively influencing our thoughts 
a lot of the thoughts just become shared after you have so many discussions, so many meetings and very, very long, deep discussions where um, the goal is just to really, really listen to each other. And then also just that subconscious thing where it then starts fueling new work. So I think that even what you're saying, Katie, about starting off and this being the representation of the beginning and as we grow the exhibition also grows it's also just um watching the growth of a collective way of thinking and of a sort of a collective brain <laughs> it's like a think tank sometimes yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah even like visually like our google drive is like a brain <laughs> like it is like a brain because there's like the the core folder that's like brainstorms and then there's like 30 folders within that or something and they're all have we all know what they mean and we all know where they are and yeah. like oh absolutely um, yeah that's what i mean like it's like a mind map because it's yeah. funny when you're working online and you have to adjust to that like folder situation and we've gotten to that stage where uh as a group we do things and we have a process and it makes complete sense and and then this this creation of, of organization of our thoughts at the moment is functioning as a brain. Maybe in the future we might look back and not understand what we were doing, but at the moment we function as, um, as a, a hive mind. Thought. I was gonna say <laughs> hive mind. Doesn't this sound? This all sounds so culty. Like out of context. It really does. <laughs> Like the collective being and the collective mind. I was like, oh my god, are we a cult? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it just makes sense that an exhibition like this would, would come come about after all of those things. Um, yeah. We mean it in the best infinitely, way. It's infinitely going to continue becoming. Uh, and it's full of infinite becomings. Um, because we keep sort of uh, infinitely developing into this thing. And like each of our work develops as well, like we're all changing what we're doing and like molding how we work, especially like in the context of being in our houses and everything. But I think um, how we how we work and what we're working on, it doesn't really matter because like in the context of it making sense between all of us, because we all have that understanding of like the process being part of it. So um, I... I'm losing my train of thought now. <laughs> like the like yeah, so it doesn't matter what we're working on or like um uh, the ideas that we're working on, how we're working on them, because uh each of us is interested in how we're how we're doing it and like the process of it becoming art or like not becoming art, but becoming a thing in our like this is all I I'm so aware that I keep saying be like a thing and like it's very vague. <laughs> I think that's nice, though. Yeah. Resists language or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what you're saying. Like, the, the focus isn't isn't on the, the finished artwork that we mm -hmm. each individually make. It's the kind of shared value of the process that goes behind it and then sharing that process together and having a kind of influence within each other's. I think you've just summed it up like right there, Sylvia. That's like that's what that's what this is. <laughs> if we need words, then that's you've just said them. <laughs> I think yeah, there's this sort of a mutual understanding 
that the, we are all making art and to a certain extent making art is the same for everyone um, and also between us we understand that of each other we also understand that each of us are complex beings and that we all have this substance behind our work that when you see a photo from each other yes that's wonderful and and we all love to look at each other's work and get very familiar with it but then we always know know that the substance is there behind it and we're really trying to tap into that and draw it out from each other constantly and explore each other's notebooks explore each other's images where we say why don't you upload something that you think would work for such and such and then we all, all of a sudden have a folder full of so much stuff and then we start seeing each other drawing each other's work out and interpreting it and um, you start understanding how your work links much more clearly because someone will look at your notes and maybe your final photography or such like might not seem like it links and then you realize their notebooks you're they're interpreting the same thing as you are um through their through their notes and that actually your artwork has these these links and um these mutual thoughts that you can then start to build on and i think for the future as well when we start making more work together because a lot of the work that we have been sharing with each other might have been made and then shared with each other once the collective was begun but now that we've begun, begun as a collective and we're all sort of in the process of making new work um as time goes on it'll be interesting to see that influence as well and whether as a collective when we're making the next exhibition we end up you know guiding each other in in different directions um based on how close our processes are to each other and whether there are links there and whether someone who has a similar process to you and that you're both working towards the same thing um how will that work when perhaps not knowing how long this is going to last you actually physically aren't together you're just discussing yeah that's interesting have you heard that expression where um people say like you're you yourself as a person is a composite of like your five closest people yeah 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 that and <laughs> I don't know how true that is, but I think that's interesting about. Did you just say five randomly, or did you say that? Because no, no, no. There, it is. There are five oh. people. Oh wow! <laughs> oh my god! Yes, there is five hundred. <laughs> did you not realize that? No, I do. I think it's it's either three or five. Your three or five closest people, but I wonder how much influence like we have on each other, like subconsciously as a hive mind. <laughs> a hive mind. I love it. <laughs> um. I think another another bit that like what I was trying to say before is like we all have in common the fact that we are recent graduates coming out of the same bubble of like learning in the yeah. same way in art college so we were all making work in a certain context it was the same context and now we're all making work again in the same context because we're at home yeah. so none of us are like in a studio or like um do you know we're we're all in the same context again um i think you learn you're like you become helpful to one another in college because you have the shared experience of 
tutorials and critiques and you know that you're all going to deal with the same kind of obstacles and you're working in the same way. So it's a shared, like you can't talk to your parents or your friends or your boyfriend that doesn't go to NCAD about NCAD in the same way that you can talk to your like peers because there's just this shared understanding and then coming out of that we we have that understanding again for being newly newly graduated and the kind of the unknown and the void of like oh my god what do I do now so we have that shared understanding and then we also have this shared understanding of like trying to make anything in this time that is very confusing and I think that that us just working together has been so supportive and like helpful for me being able to do like anything with my brain at this time <laughs> um so that like us working together is like has made this new space that we all are working in and understanding and collectively like working in again so it's gone yeah. from like you know we we all we all know how to work in NCAD because we did it for so long and then you come out of that and you don't know what's going on so now that we have that space again together I think um like we created the space and that's you know yeah it became something so again like infinite becomings like this space again in a new context will become something else so like again the process of making work is constantly changing but like um the conditions that it's made in are, will change all the time as well so then that affects the process but I think us just like having that shared understanding gives it like this balance so we all have like kind of like a comfort with each other that we know that we all understand what's going on in the yeah. same way it's yeah. almost I almost see it as like maybe we're each other's like life rafts in the sense oh. of like <laughs> trying to figure out how to yeah navigate the world after graduating and oh. continue yeah. practicing like making art in again such a strange kind of context and situation yeah um, completely we are like a little network of care like you know at its core we all we all like deeply care about each other and we're all close like we're we're all good friends you know and lucida is a way of us to connect and support each other through all this madness i think mm -hmm. exactly it's like yeah like i guess leaving the institution was kind of hard but leaving it in such a time of like change and like turmoil with the pandemic we had to create our own mini institution to make any work really to like, operate like to yeah. operate yeah and i think to even think through the situation through conversation like through sharing our how we're feeling and how we're coping with the situation and continuing to make work or not make work um and i think yeah, that was one of the key things, like through conversations, we would help each other figure things out and I guess motivate each other and support each other in that way. Yes, 100%. I think we're all lucky to have each other and to have the space, I think. Yeah, I think as well, it's like really cool that we have like a space in a time where we're all in our bedrooms constantly. Do you know what I mean? Space, like every yeah. Wednesday night at six o'clock, I'm going to the studio in my mind. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's just nice. It's really, it's been really helpful. Um, and it will become something new, obviously, when we can 
actually see each other in person again I think that's really cool yeah I think as well like another layer to it is that we're all like digital media artists like we all graduated from fine art media and now we are in this like digital space like hosting meetings and we all we're all kind of thinking about that stuff anyway like uh or like most of us were kind of like questioning the digital space because you kind of have to once once your work is digital um like thinking about ways of like promoting it or stuff like that is just part of like your education I, um, I know what you mean like you have to you have to debate the digital space in your mind constantly because it's where your work it's like your work has the context of existing digitally so you're you're critically thinking about digital space when you're in media yeah I, I was just gonna say because I was thinking like it's something that we talked about and like we're taught to think about like in college and then like now definitely like in our discussions and like the beginnings of the collective it's all digital it's kind of interesting to mm-hmm. see it's like a reality now instead of like critically yeah. and al- analyzing the digital space it's like oh we are living in a digital space mm-hmm. we're <laughs> yeah. forced we're kind of being forced to to live in the digital yeah. space now and, you to, know. and to really think about it and like the context of it and it as a space of its own yeah i will say now that the um the uh, pandemic has come along and there had been some discussion i think sort of out there about what would happen if we all did really just move online and had our existence be online um would that be so terrible and i think that now the pandemic is here people are realizing yes absolutely that is terrible <laughs> that's <laughs> awful being physically there um is completely different and yes the online space has huge value as well but we really like having that combination of both at the moment i think i think we really value that mm. i mean yeah. people are embodied things you know we have bodies we like touching you can't stuff. deny it <laughs> <laughs> maybe the pandemic has proven that to us it's proven a lot i think i think like a lot of artwork as well like during this like pandemic time especially for like digital artwork um like you're kind of pushed to try and like engage online like with your artwork and develop it in forms that like it never would have been like you're completely say if you're a digital media artist like say working with photography it's more like tempting and it's kind of being pushed at you to publish this online whereas say for instance before when it was more accessible you could like you might have chosen to print your work and have it like exclusively for that but there's like this pressure to you know change it and making it exist in a digital realm when it might have you know, it mightn't be meant for that. Um, and like having this exhibition, just it's really nice to have the tangible stuff, even if the public can't touch it. It's through the window. You can still kind of engage with it in this online space, but it's very much more of a, like a tactile online space, like a tactile digital space, if that even makes sense. Like in terms of like the zine, like the publication and like the AR filters like kind of be more close to you like it's not solely on a digital space it's kind of a bit more tactile not yeah. to like the full extent unfortunately but it's a hybrid yeah things that we've never done as well like coming into the online like um I'd never done a studio visit before but like my first one was on zoom 
Like, <laughs> it's weird. And it's like, how do you even, you know, you can't show someone your studio really on Zoom, but um, don't even have a studio. You're just at home. We were lucky to have that, though. I think that was, I think that, yeah, we, we owe a lot to Clancy Key, I think, um, in that sense. Like, having the opportunity to do this, the studio visit with different people and even honestly just starting up the collective i think kalanzi key was definitely a catalyst for that do you want to like um expand on kalanzi key a tiny bit yeah so kalanzi key is like um it's like a professional practice development program that is run by kalanzi key studios and different kind of art professionals around dublin and it's just a way of like kind of bridging the gap between being in college and kind of starting out as an emerging artist and how to navigate the art world. I'm so glad we did it because it gave us so much insight. Um, and I think there were 10, was there 10 in our group? But out of Lucida, it was myself, uh, Sylvia and Katie, we took part in that. Yeah, I think it, it kind of like reminded us or it was very useful because it was like right after college like kind of ended there was a bit of a drop off and then once we I guess like the three of us kind of realized once you had that weekly discussion with other artists and like as well with the professionals and just getting help to realize um like how the art world works once we had that you don't really want to lose it and we had like no experience with you know I don't think we would have thought like we'd be in a collective like this early or anything like that it just came out of necessity like really and like just having that feeling of like missing the contact or missing like uh crits with people just like studio visits say like with your tutors and things but like a lot of the time it's mostly your peers that help you and so gaining that back with like starting the collective is really good because it was definitely I'd say like a lot of people in the group felt there's probably a big drop off of like oh we're finished what do we do now (laughs) but it was really useful to realize that you can create these like institutions yourself you can like form a support with like different artists and it's so helpful um I think I think one of the big reasons why um our exhibition has manifested itself the way it has and also our collective as a group and our manifesto um, is that we can't stand to not be discussing. We, it just comes to us as a need. We really, yeah. I think maybe it, it would have stemmed from college, but it's something that we all kind of share to, um, to feel quite bad if we're not having these meetings and if we're not constantly discussing and sharing these things with each other and it's it's about receiving and it's also about sharing um and the the exhibition is an expression of that that feeling and that need um which is also a really human thing during the pandemic and so it is a very personal exhibition um because it it's finding huge amount of value in having that contact and that feedback from each other and um it's it's really really helpful supportive feeling and uh we try to express that through how we displayed our our artworks together beside each other and all of those things 
I think, you know, they're saying about like the way we think of process over like fi final product. Um, it's kind of like if you're if you're not engaging with your work as it's happening and if you're not talking and discussing and like playing out all these ideas in whatever you're making what like why are you like what why are you making it or like like how is it going to be anything i think the process of us making work together um it's like do you know like i wouldn't i don't think i'd be making anything if i didn't have people to discuss it with or somewhere i knew it was going to be like valued or um i don't know it, it exists my work exists right now with you guys and and it will in the in the gallery but i wouldn't be making it if i if i didn't have a reason to be making it or like that sounds like i wouldn't do i wouldn't be making it at all but like i wouldn't be thinking conceptually about making artwork if i wasn't having discussions and um feedback from others and like talking about it with you guys yeah so i think like that's the 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 core of like the idea of the process over the final thing for me right now i'm like i wouldn't be making work and i think i've realized that through the, through doing the collective during the pandemic is like i wouldn't actually be making anything if i didn't have if the process wasn't so valued mm -hmm. do you know like because at the end of the day then it would just be a photo that i took and i only I'm the only one who knows anything about it and then yeah. it ends up somewhere so the idea that like the reasoning and like the ideas behind the finished thing are so valuable to us I think that is why we're making the exhibition the way it is to like to show that like everything the process is so valued with us that if it wasn't like we pro like the process is so important that I probably wouldn't make work if the process wasn't such a huge part of the work and like being able to share the process with others I don't yeah. think I'd be making it in the first place I think it kind of goes back to what uh, Katie mentioned I think way at the start that Michael Hill said um, during the spring school when the spring school um, talks that art is activated by sharing it because yeah absolutely personally anyway like if if I don't share it, it only exists within my own world, within my own head. Um, so in in some ways to make it real or to make it exist beyond that, you kind of need to share it. And that's a kind of, I think that's a very natural human instinct to need to share things with other people and to confirm that they exist in a way. This This definitely comes back to infinite becomings as well which is where i mean as sylvia says it doesn't exist for her and it hasn't become anything until it has become here in this group so um i think what we're trying to do is generate those becomings and um with what jane was saying with where she wouldn't be doing that on her own but because she knows that there's a space where she can take her process and let it become something and let it continuously become new things. That's where the process doesn't just become so valuable. It also gets spurred on, because that's part of the process. Um, so actually, when an artwork goes from beginning to end, it actually won't go to the end unless it has gone through this 
discussion stage. Um, because it's part of the process and it's, I think it's usually integral. Yeah, I completely agree. Like I would say, maybe saying that it doesn't exist if you don't share it, maybe that's a little bit strong, mm -hmm. but it exists in a certain state and it needs conversation and sharing it for it to move on to the next stage, for it to become something else. That That's what I meant when I said like I wouldn't be making like art. I think I would still be taking photos and I would still be probably just uploading them to my Instagram. But the photos that I take, they become something else when I get to talk about why and discuss the like every the, all the ideas that I had and hearing other people's ideas about what they see and then all of that. Like I'd still take the photos, but they wouldn't become anything other than photos that I took. Sharing it is a way of building connections with people, I think, and building another layer to the artwork. The like the fact that that comes back to like the encounter with the work is like it becomes something new every time somebody else sees it or engages with it. Like again, it's like that. It's just a photo that I took that maybe I will just keep on my hard drive or in, on my negatives in my room. But when I have like when we when we have this space to like the process is like something that we value a lot it becomes something else yeah i think that's what um like we had discussions like in some of our meetings um where we were kind of talking about how say people who aren't really familiar with the art world or just kind of encountering artworks might not see that there's such a process behind it that there's so many different levels to something or so many different iterations, like so many different layers, and they kind of see the end result, but don't like connect it to like, say the research you put in or the tests you've done. And that's kind of like why, like how it kind of becomes like an artwork and how it's like digested, like it needs to be discussed and like the research and stuff needs to be thought about and like, understood I guess for it to actually kind of become what it's meant to be in a way because say for instance if someone saw your photograph Jane but didn't like engage with any of the stuff behind it like they just experience it as you know it's it's a very different experience and I think that's why like I think it's one of the reasons why we kind of like or something I see behind the exhibition is like trying to get across like this wealth of stuff that's behind the work that you don't usually see um if you're just encountering it or not or like really familiar and like yeah, as well really because really. like people like on the street like that is our audience now it's not exactly people who would like come into the galleries it's probably a mix but it's like also trying to display it to people just like passing by because that's the only way they're gonna experience it It's nice connecting with um, the people on Thomas Street as well, though, I think. Sometimes I think that unless you've come from an art background, like you've gone to college and you've got like an interest in it, sometimes, you know, the artwork can be a bit, um, it can be a bit hard to access, I think, because of the language that we use or because of, you know, we've got that. We We can approach, sometimes I feel like you have to, be told how to look at an artwork because of the way 
contemporary art is very conceptual, so sometimes I think that can exclude people. So I think that having the exhibition as kind of like an open notebook or an open process, I think is, I think it's just a nice way to kind of reach beyond, you know, the people who wander into galleries, maybe. I think I think another thing about having like a physical exhibition is like the value of like people engaging with your work to the artist is like it's like it like it's invaluable like we we need to have people engage with the work that's why we make it we don't make it to sit in a box in our room we make it to share and to have people engage with it and then being able to do that now, it like now, <laughs> when it's like, there isn't opportunities to do that apart from this. I think this is the only gallery open in Ireland right now because it's viewed from outside. So yeah, I think um what you're saying as well, Michaela, about kind of accessibility. Um. I think yeah, I think one way of definitely thinking about this is that it's kind of an open notebook and. I think through using various different platforms, like both dig digitally and physically, um, that hopefully we can share our process through kind of various ways and whatever platform works for people. No, no, I, yeah, I, I completely agree. Say. <laughs> like it's more accessible to yeah. different audiences. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And I suppose in regards to this, um, it kind of makes you think or it forces you to think or create differently than you normally would do. Um, for instance, I've turned to software like Unreal Engine to try create these kind of virtual locations instead. Just trying to find this kind of space to even put your work in or make work in <laughs> since, well, there's no other, well, I feel like there is no other way <laughs> due to the restrictions etc that's so lovely so your work is i mean your work is really site specific so that's that means you've had to adapt to a completely different way of kind of working yeah um i was just gonna say especially like i know you you're like you do photography and video a lot and um especially for like i think photographers like we, we can't just take photos of our houses for the next year it's not gonna stay like uh worthwhile or like engaging and I think definitely I've been feeling like I go out and take photos in my like five kilometer radius and I'm like I'm taking photos of the same thing every single time like I just am and I'm just like losing the run of myself at this stage I'm like ah oh, I need to go somewhere else and take some photos <laughs> um so I definitely feel the like needing a change of scenery Especially when location is so key to your work and like for the generation of ideas, that's that's hard, yeah. But adapting to it and like creating your own new locations and like that kind of thing, that's really interesting. Um, I was also thinking, if the pandemic didn't happen, would this collective even exist? Would it even be a thing if it wasn't under such strange and surreal circumstances? Yeah, I don't think so. I honestly don't think so either because 
like everyone would have had commitments like I know I did I joined late because I was working so much up until February but like when I joined in January I like had to be like no I'm committed to this now I have to do it even though I'm in work or whatever um so like when we, when you have all of these other commitments like meeting weekly is like you have to actually really be committed to it but now that like we don't if we don't have other commitments we're like looking forward to that one commitment that we do have (laughs) I was thinking about this a lot that um you know we would have said we probably would have you know gone oh yeah I'd love to join uh yeah I'll see you on Wednesday and then we wouldn't have committed to it and I think also um maybe we would have tried to do it in person I can't even picture that. I don't know how that would work. What would happen? What kind of conversations will we have? Um, and would we try and make physical work together? And how, you know, how would we share things? And would we have this drive with all of our ideas? And would we be trying to share photos with each other? Or would we be trying to share completely other things with each other? But um, I think, like, we would have said oh yeah, I'll come on Wednesday and I'll meet every Wednesday and then not committed to it. And um, I also think that because it happened this way, we've become a collective that has had so much energy to only feel into being a collective that we have a very, very, very strong base as a collective to have begun now. Um we're building on we're building on like we're building on a collective i guess that um has been allowed to be born at a time where we all have nothing else (laughs) except the collective it was born as it was born as a priority and then also all of a sudden we are able to get you know, we worked so hard to get this exhibition. We wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah. We just wouldn't. Yeah. If we um, all had yeah, jobs, completely. no no chance. We also, yeah. like, live completely different places. Yeah. Like, just off the bat. Yeah, we, we're, like, we, completely we across the country. Yeah, we couldn't have done it. Like, that's just this full stop. We definitely couldn't have done it, like, we if it wasn't online. We probably would have had a few meetings in a bar or something, and then that would have been that. <laughs> Yeah, it would have been nice. Uh, that would have been nice, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> our our foundation Someday. does come from sort of an interestingly trying time, but also very like I know that there's that feeling as well. Like, why would the pandemic be interpreted as a time where you can put loads of work into something creative? But at the same time, we've kind of found a way that that works for us. That we've been able to during the pandemic use what the pandemic is giving us um to to build on something that does yeah. take a lot, a lot I of think work. that like I feel like the I know that yes there's a lot of uh, like the, the pandemic is a, like a real like mental strain on you but I also see this as a, if we're lucky enough not to have to work during this time if we're lucky enough not to you know be working as a nurse on the front line or that kind of thing if we, we also have during the pandemic like a, a lot of space for repair I think and space to focus on something that maybe we wouldn't have had the chance to do you know during during normal times yeah. so the pandemic is something very something very difficult but it's also given us something quite um 
important, I think. I think we can't look at it one way or the other. It's like it's it's difficult, but it also there's also a lot of positives to it as well. Or we're lucky to have those positives, maybe. Yeah, I think it's definitely not a time for like finished things, but it's a time for like we were definitely able to build like continuous things. So I guess yeah, that... it's a time for growth. We're alone with our thoughts so much. I've never been on my own this much in my entire life. Mm. Like, and at the beginning of this, I struggled a lot to be alone with myself and my thoughts. And I was constantly trying to distract myself from the fact that I was on my own, like not able to do my normal coping mechanisms of meeting up with friends to get out of my head or whatever. And like meeting up with them online was so different and weird in the beginning. But like that idea of like, we have to be alone right now. So it's like, you're alone with your thoughts you might as well try and deal with it and like think them anyway and just like share them I don't know I just like I've never I've never like allowed myself to spend so much time just thinking about god do you ever like do you ever like try meditation sometimes and you're like oh my god I hate this what the what's going on in my head what what is all this shit yeah Yeah, like, yeah, oh my yeah. god, I can't be in here. I need to get out of here. Like, okay, these can pass. This is okay. Meetings with meetings with Lucy is <laughs> my meditation. Yeah. Um, but I mean, after three hours, it's very exhausting as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think the pandemic has given us that space to kind of give the collective a lot of focus and to give it the time and attention to grow in a way that we probably wouldn't have mm-hmm. developed or grown if we had other things like if we were in normal life and had other things going on and i think this exhibition is a great opportunity to because we've just been meeting virtually so this is a great opportunity to kind of physically manifest our collective together um and then cuz that that like preparing for that and then going through that process will allow us to kind of further develop then and infinitely become on mm-hmm. into the future <laughs> yeah i think that's yeah that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening in to us today we hope you enjoyed the first episode of the infinite becomings podcast series our exhibition infinite becomings is visible through the ncd gallery window from the 13th of april to the 11th of may It also exists as a digital archive on our website, infinitebecomings.com. To keep up to date with our activities, follow us on Instagram at Lucida Collective. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode coming out on the 23rd of April.